Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 14, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, despite the fact that the market really didn't do much, they're hanging around the highs, we do have stuff on the docket today. Other markets did stuff, other stuff did stuff. We have stuff to talk about. The first thing we're going to do is see if anything's jumping off the page on the daily chart. And the answer is no. There's been no change. The trend is your friend until she throws you out the fourth story window. They're basically eating time off the clock at the highs. Nothing we can really do with that. They could certainly have a further push higher, a blow-off scenario. At highs, that's always on the table. It's not something you can plan for, you can't predict it, but it's an awareness. Why would that happen? What are some of the catalysts that would cause something like that to happen? Well, we've talked a little bit about this already, but I'll throw something else into the mix that's really an add-on. First, we've already discussed the fact that ES4400 is at present about 30 points away. We've got SPY 440, it's about $3.50 away. So we've got those. Those are magnetic numbers. They tend to draw price in. We know about that. We also have a marching band full of bears coming out of the woodwork. They're not all coming out of the woodwork. Most have been there the whole time, but they're getting more boisterous. I'm starting to see videos on YouTube about the pending collapse. Whether they're right this time or not doesn't really matter. It's not the point. The more bears you have that come out of the woodwork, the more likelihood there is they're going to be wrong in the short term at minimum. That's just the way it works. It's a contrarian type of thing. Ultimately, they're all going to be right. It's a matter of when. Some of these bears have been calling for a crash since 2010. They were looking at the rally off the 2009 lows in March of 2009 lows. They were looking at that as a dead cat bounce, thinking that things were going to further collapse. These are the same people. You have to be aware of that. But here's the point in short. Let's switch over and talk about Average Joe for a second. Average Joe is you and me. Average Joe watches a couple of these videos on YouTube, reads a couple of the blogs, understands the markets in the redonkulous, and he thinks or she thinks, hey, it's a pretty good time to start taking a pretty good short position on the market. I'm going to buy some puts or do whatever. They do that when they start seeing all this stuff accelerate. Well, what happens is if, in fact, the market begins to push higher, those people that are short the market tend to think they're wrong, and they are. They get a pie in the face. They don't want the big pie. They want more of a cupcake scenario. So they start to cover their shorts saying, all right, it was wrong. It's not ripe yet. It's not ready yet. And the short covering ends up sparking another leg higher. This is all a hypothetical. It's a concept. How it all unfolds, you never really know until it unfolds. What I'm doing is giving you the concept of the contrarian position when there's too many bears out there, they tend to be wrong, at least in the short term, way more than they're right. The market is more likely to catch as many traders and investors by surprise as it can versus the opposite. That's the design, that's the way it works. 
That's the plan of the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew. Is there anything really to see on the other charts of the SPY? The 240 chart, the 120 chart, all that stuff. And the answer is, not really. The hourly chart, maybe it's putting in some kind of a bearish pattern. Here it is, one of these bearish, wedgish, flaggish kind of things. And by the way, since I just dragged this away and then put it right back where it was without even stopping, and I'm talking about the line at 436.52, what is that line? Why is it there? And what does it represent? Funny, you should ask. So we all know that I play with numbers. I play with all kinds of stuff. Some of it turns out to have significant meaning. Some of it turns out to be absolutely nothing. But even if you get some stuff wrong, you never stop trying. I'm always looking. I'm always doing mathematics. I'm always doing geometry. I'm always doing stuff with the charts, with the price, with the time. Okay, enough of that rhetoric. Where does the 436.52 come from? Remember this? This is March 23rd of 2020, and what that was is the pandemic low, 218.26. Very simply, what happens if you double 218.26? You get 436.52. Guess what? That's where that number comes from, and it's not like an exact science. It doesn't, from a technical perspective, mean the market has to immediately get rejected All I'm saying is, it's something to be aware of. The market doubled in about 15, 16 months. We know it's going to pull back. We don't know from where. We know what we're waiting for. We're waiting for signs and signal of a trend change. These are things that are taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. But we can still be prepared. We can still have, whether it be a time frame or a price where the market may have a reason to have a reaction in the other direction, but more importantly, would be drawn to that place first. And I'll say that a double, once we got close to a double, makes a lot of sense that the market was drawn in. But here's the thing. Here's why I don't necessarily think this is the end right here. Remember, the market could have went up to that price over here before it pulled back. So in early July, we were close They were starting to get there, and then they had a little bit of a one-day wonder type of decline. But it was enough to where we could say they recocked the weapon. Did they recock the weapon just to get to that double, or did they recock the weapon to get to another place? Is the other place 440 or close to it? We don't really know, but these are the things that I'm thinking about. I'm letting you inside my head, which, as we know, is a very, very dangerous place to be. By the way, when you look at an intraday chart, here's a 15-minute chart, 436.52, you think it was important? Yeah, I think it's important. Speaking of intraday stuff, we might as well go over to inside the numbers. We'll circle back to stocks on the move. We have what to discuss there. Remember, we always look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. This is an open book operation. It's hump day. We're waking up flat after a pretty quiet overnight session. Nothing doing early in the morning at zero dark 30. They're floating again. These are the early thoughts. Let's get right to the numbers. There's resistance in two places. First, 436.50 is important. Sound familiar? If they open above or push above after the bell, it will open the door for 437.50. And then, of course, the new recent highs of 437.84. These are the numbers you need to know 
going into the day. This is pre-market. This is getting your pre-game warm-ups in, showing up in uniform, ready to go. How about support? If they open above yesterday's close, the gap at 436.65 will be some support, meaning if they open above the gap and then drop to fill the gap, that's generally speaking, more often than not, early in the morning, as long as there's not some crazy stuff going on, that's generally speaking, good for a bounce. If they get below, the next big time spot was 434, even or give or take. And then we just give a little bit of a shout out to the awareness about ES4400. Not EES, but ES. We're moving along. Let's see what else we have. Awareness. We have Fed Chair testimony today on Capitol Hill. Just something we want to be aware of. The market can certainly get volatile around Kabuki Theater light. They were pushing on the highs right out of the open. Will they bust through or not? We don't know, and it really wasn't a high probability trade either way. We're not going to buy the former highs from yesterday, and we're not going to sell them with very light volume, with nothing of substance to say that there's an absolute trade setup there. And they began to fall a little bit. 437.19 was a line in the sand. That comes from the 948 post right there. Just to get our faculties with some of the numbers from a short-term intraday perspective, Right of the vertical is today's activity, 437.19. You can see how they battled that for a while. This is a five-minute chart before giving it up. Where did they go, by the way? How about 436.52? The low here was exactly 436.51. Right then and there, that told me that that number is important. We knew from before, but for today, that number was still kind of an active scenario, if you will. What do they do? Go right back up to 437.19. This is why I put the numbers on the board. They're important numbers. Sometimes they're support. Other times they're resistance. They're important nonetheless. Let's move forward, see what else we have on the board. If they fall, the next target on the downside would be just north of 436. Remember that number. We'll keep moving along. Here's that little snippet on 436.52. I love numbers. 436, give or take, should be a good long side scalp trade opportunity if reached sooner than later. And look what happened here. We can learn something from this because this stuff occurs all the time, so you have to be able to recognize it. So they came down to 436.52. They bounced away. Then they came back, and they didn't quite get to 436. The low was 436.39. And they bounced away again. Not tremendous, but they bounced away again. So next time down, they come into 436 and they keep going. So essentially, they spiked it by a dollar, and our zone was 436.20 to 435.70. They went down to 435, give or take, and then rallied them right back into that zone from this morning. Bit of a rodeo, but that's pretty much the crux of what happened. Let me scroll up, and you can read the notes. Pause the video, go back to the chart, to double check the work. There's your 436.20 to 435.75 it was. Let me just keep going here and then you can certainly take the time to go back to the charts and double check the work. It's important to do that if you're all active in the market during the trading day. Validate that this is information that could be helpful. I say it is, but you have to believe it is. What about stocks on the move? It was very quiet in the pre-market today We only had three stocks on the board, Bank of America, PDD, and CCIV. They all hit their entry targets. Let's go see what happened. 
about Bank of America? Getting a little bit of a buzz cut at the open, had two numbers on the board, 38.79 and 37.72. You can see here the low of day is 37.79, just seven pennies above my second entry target. So I didn't get filled in the second entry target, so all they did was basically let you out of the thing with basically a break even. By the way, look at the high in this candle here. The high was 38.79, the high in this candle is 38.80, and then they sell off a little bit. Do we think that that was a price that was important, especially since just into the end of the day, they rallied back in the last couple of minutes to close above? Oh, by the way, there's no coincidences in the market. The takeaway is the number was important, it just didn't give us the trade or give me the trade because I didn't get filled in the second half, stinkers. Similar routine here, only this one did more than the required minimum base hit. So the low here is 105.46. My second entry target was 105.41. You could see it peeking through the bottom left-hand side of the screen. Plus, you saw it on the stock on the move list anyway. You also saw me tell traders that getting to 110 today was not out of the question. By the way, the high was 109.62. That was also in the notes. Base hits. And base hits and doubles put you in the Hall of Fame. About CCIV, two numbers on the board, check this out. 24.27, they come into it, spike it by a few pennies, rally away, make a high at 24.80. That's a nice trade in just a matter of minutes. Way better than the minimum required base hit. Remember, we're not looking for a marriage here. And then the second number on the board, 23.80, you can see what happened. They actually missed it right here when they came into it. The low is 23.81. You think that's an accident or a coincidence? Of course not. They rally back up to where? Just north of the first number, come back, finally do the second number into the end of the day. The numbers are important. How the market or how a stock trades around the numbers, we don't know before the day gets started. But knowing the numbers is what enables us to be available to get into the trade. The last thing you want to do is get into a trade having guessed at a number. The worst thing that could happen when you do that is success. Why is that? Because you think whatever you did to convince yourself to get into the trade worked and you give yourself the false sense of security that that's a strategy that works. Then you do it again and it was another guess and you get a pie in the face and you wonder why the thing didn't work and you're still trying it even the next time. Why is that? because it worked the first time. It's like an indicator from Joe's Indicator Shop. Same scenario. If you get an indicator and it works, you think it works. The reality is they're like a coin toss. They're gonna work about 50% of the time, which also means it doesn't work half the time. Looks like it's time for color war over at Camp IWM. I've been around the markets a long time. I've seen this before. Can they be running a test of this most recent pivot low turn around, go back up, get above the moving averages, and continue higher. Absolutely, that can happen, but this is a weak market. This really isn't what the market is saying is going to happen. That's not what the pattern says. That's not where the market is based on the moving averages. It's not what that's saying. It is my favorite market-leading indicator, and on the weekly chart, we know where we are. Forget this breakup candle low. Maybe we rally back to it and above the moving average of the 20 period, moving average by the end of the week, that's certainly possible. You have a couple of big positive days, Thursday and Friday, sure, that's on the table. However, we're concerned with this one. 
The low is 217.67. They ran a test of it last week, and the low is 217.85. All these pivots down here, you can say, are they running a test of some of these pivots, or one of these pivots, or all these pivots, or is this market rolling over? And I don't want to say, because you already know what I think it is, the monthly chart is developing to look like the market has been rolling over for several months after making a high back in March. This is how I'm viewing the IWM. I've been around the markets a long time, and I cannot view these charts on the IWM as anything with bullish behind it. When you look at the weekly chart, I can make a case this really isn't bearish just yet in total, but I can't make an argument that it's bullish right now. Favorite market leading indicator, I'm watching it. S&P finished up today, the IWM finished down 1.56%. How you doing? What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine, not the same as the IWM, but same as it's been. They're having trouble getting above the convergence of these moving averages. From a pattern inside of a pattern, we talked about this last night, we can certainly make a case that this is maybe making a bullish flaggish kind of pattern to go higher and get above these moving averages. That's certainly possible, but it really doesn't change the bigger picture right now. The bigger picture is they're giving up the 20-week moving average. That's not bullish, that's bearish, just like the IWM. Second favorite market leading indicator a number one favorite canary in the coal mine. We talk about them every single day. I heed these two. And now we're back on the flip side of things. The Qs, the Silicon Valley people. Basically, a new high yesterday, not a new high today, but they're hovering around the new highs. Above all the moving averages, there's nothing wrong with this chart. Tech has certainly been the leading market. They have been the big dog. Weekly chart. There's nothing to do with this. Maybe it grinds higher. Maybe it decides it's enough at some point. Either way, you have to wait for the market to tell you it's finished. XLF, the financials. There's really no change in what we've been discussing here. Essentially, until this changes, this is what's going on. This is a bearish, wedgish kind of thing. Any way you want to draw it out, look at it, as long as they stay beneath these moving averages, that's what's going on, and that's what generally will happen next unless they get back above the moving averages. Or in this case, the 50-period moving average, this breakdown candle high, which runs a test of 38. We talk about it each and every night. The weekly chart, as long as the 20-week moving average holds, then it's okay and it remains in an uptrend. If it doesn't hold, it's trouble. That's where we are. Smash Mouth made a new high today. Bit of a reversal, finished not at the lows, but near the lows, basically, for the most part, flat on the day. Above all the moving averages, we can't make a federal case out of this at all. We just say, we'll move it along until they tell us something more material with Smash Mouth. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.